This episode on the first of our Frozen Fridays, the Frozen Aperol Spritz. Welcome. I'm Bruce Weinstein. I'm the chef in Bruce and Mark. Hey there, and I'm Mark Scarborough. I'm the writer. I may be the chef, but today I'm getting out of the kitchen. Because I've got a secret. As a writer, I haven't cooked a thing in years. That's about to change. Mark's headed into the kitchen. Remember, he's a writer, and he gets easily distracted, usually by bourbon. Hey, watch it. I'm doing the cooking. And I'm going to help you out. And I'm going to guide him, and I'm going to give him tips, and I'm going to judge him. And so after 25 books, he can finally say, Hey, I f***ing made that. So this is the first of our Frozen Fridays of 2016. I wish this was a Frozen Friday because it's 90-something degrees out and I'm sweating and I'm tired of iced coffee. And for me to be tired of iced coffee, you know it's got to be I a mean, lot. this is, uh, it is. It's really hot in New England today uh, for reasons unknown. The, the, we usually are in sweaters on Memorial Day weekend <laughs> over here. But for reasons unknown, well, maybe known. Maybe we do know. Maybe it has something to do with. Thank you, Al Gore. Yeah, politics we shan't mention anyway it's very hot up here so it's a great time for us to talk about three of our favorite freezing cold books yeah <laughs> we we actually started our career cold um <laughs> so to speak isn't that a way most people do it i know so we started it with the ultimate ice cream book Yay. in what year 1999 17 oh. years ago oh 17 years and that and book is still in print 17 years and 60 pounds ago we started with the ultimate ice cream that could that book probably the problem with about 50 of those 60 pounds but anyway <laughs> anyway that book has hold a quarter million copies and it was really a good ice cream primer you learn everything from what the difference is between uh frozen custard and philadelphia style ice cream you learn how to make all the basics you learn how to build on them to make more advanced flavors yep and it's quite, quite a good book. And, and actually, we actually, it started our career. And it, it did. It made the career what it is because that book was the first book that we really published and it was on QVC and Bruce was in the heat in Philadelphia <laughs> on July 4th with selling soup, the book. Selling soup. With soup instead of ice cream in every <laughs> bowl. Anyway, we, we, we went a long way after that book and, and what, 24 books later, we came back around to the book we published last year right at this time. The Boozy Blender, which mm. is pretty self-explanatory explanatory of what's in it and when the book came out last year we had this great launch party at a great gatsby style estate we up did here not in New run over any women on the road to east egg or <laughs> no, whatever they do in the great gas but we had a jazz band and a hundred people and it was so cool KitchenAid sent a ton of blenders and chopin sent a couple of cases of vodka it was great nobody put a lampshade on their head it was not known but no <laughs> one that i saw put a lampshade on their head anyway and then about a week ago we were oh no and Three weeks ago now at this point. Anyway, we were on QVC uh, again for our latest book, which comes out June 7th called A La Mode. Again, self-explanatory. A La Mode, ice cream on desserts. We've got 120 recipes. They're divided into 60 pairs. The ice cream and the dessert that goes under it, like maple bacon walnut pie with malt frozen custard. And yeah, when we were out teaching in San Francisco, we were teaching in San Francisco cooking school a couple weeks ago, and I mentioned a la mode, and someone there said, oh, what is that, like fashion and food? I was like, <laughs> no. Take it uh, at face value. It's my, ice cream on dessert. <laughs> my idea of fashion is a polo shirt and, and jeans. Anyway. So this summer, you're going to learn <laughs> recipes from those three books, plus some original recipes that are not in those books, yep. and we're going to give you uh, tips and tricks and techniques to help you take the heat off of summer. 
So today we're making a cocktail from our book, The Boozy Blender. And this is the frozen Aperol Spritz. I suppose we should first say what Aperol is. is it, Aperol has become very shishi, hasn't it? It has. So, so what is Aperol? Well, it's a rhubarb orange-based Italian aperitif, which... Time was, not so long ago, it had distinctly working class roots. Oh, yeah. You didn't. You went to Italy and you didn't go into a liquor store to find it. You go yep. into like a bodega. Yep. And it was like five euros a bottle. Yep. And it's, you know, if anyone's wondering, it, it's kind of like Campari. It's in that family, but it's, it's not as bitter. It's smoother than It's Campari. sweeter, too. It's yeah. not as, it's not, it is not a bitter, but it kind of looks like that and it is an imperative. I mean, I love, listen, I love Campari. Once upon a time in my life, I claimed that there were only two rules of dating. I would never date a man who who smoked and never date a man who didn't drink Campari. So, oh, whew. There. Over that one. <laughs> there <we go. laughs> Not only that, when Aperol was its lower working class roots in Italy, you couldn't find it in the U.S. It wasn't imported. No. We would beg people to bring it back. We were on a trip once in Europe and we stopped in an airport. We had a layover in an airport in Italy in Rome and I got a bottle of Aperol and I carried it on the plane. I was so happy I was going to have Aperol when we got home, except we had to change planes in JFK and go through customs and... I forgot to put it in my luggage when it got rechecked, and they made me get rid of it. Yeah, well, the security. woman actually told him at security to go throw the bottle of Aperol out. And as we were going through the security line, he went and threw it in a trash can. And as we were going through the security lines, we saw this woman run back to that trash can and pull it out of the trash can. It's some TSA scam they're working on. Yeah, I should have to... opened the bottle and emptied into the garbage. <laughs> well, anyway, an Aperol <laughs> spritz is an old Venetian drink, I guess northern Italy, but it's particularly associated with Venice. You cannot go to Venice and not drink one. Yeah, brilliant, and you drink them all day long. And they're what, good for brunch. They're what good is for an Aperol lunch. spritz? Well, it's basically a combination of Aperol sparkling wine and sparkling water served on the rocks. And spritz is, of course, the name of our second collie, yeah, yeah, yeah. so that it all fits together. And if you wonder how that's going to fit into the boozy blender, you will find that out in the next scene when we actually make this in the blender. So, okay, let, let's talk before we do this. Since we are talking about blenders, uh, how do you know you got a good blender? What is a good blender? Well, if you're going to make frozen drinks this summer. How do you do it right? Well, any blender will probably make a frozen drink. The more high horsepower and better RPM blenders like the Vitamix and the Blendtec, they will make a smoother drink because they will pulverize that ice into almost snow. So they will make the smoothest, creamiest drinks, but almost sometimes too far to liquefy the ice. So you want a blender that can crush ice, but not heat it up. Again, those Vitamix kind of blenders can heat things if you do them too long. Right, but they're very fast. Oh, they're very fast. Any blender will work so long as it has a solid canister and a tight-fitting lid, right? Unless yep. you want frozen cocktail all over No, you can always put a towel over the top, but ceiling. that's going to absorb some of your... We should say straight off, and for, since this is the first frozen drink of the summer, we should say, remember, don't operate your electric blender near a sink, near a hot tub or near a swimming pool or a bathtub or a bath <laughs> gosh if you're making frozen drinks and getting in your bathtub well good for you i think it's a pretty obvious reason but electricity <laughs> and water are not a great combination no they aren't and when people have a little bit to drink they get a little bit sloppy and they get a little bit careless and their coordination goes down and you just don't ever want to do this even near running water in a sink in your kitchen well yeah and you also want to remember as you get a little more tipsy let the blender blades do the work without your help. They don't need you to shove a wooden spoon down in there. Oh, my God. And they don't need you to shove your fingers oh, or your oh, tongue down oh. in there. Don't taste the drink right out of the blender while it's oh, running. Oh, 
God. What are you, a, a frat boy? It's <laughs> it's true. Now, some people do have older, um, less powerful machines, I think, right? Yeah, you, you, you inherited your grandmother's blender. Right, right, right. And so what you want to do with these is you actually, if you have a less powerful machine, you might want to turn it on and off several times as you're making a frozen yeah, drink. Yeah, pulsing the motor will help it spin and crush the ice. but It'll eat- also blow out the circuits faster, <laughs> but still. But what you could do also on an older machine is replace the blades. You probably never yeah. think about that. Yeah. But think about your kitchen. You chop onions and you sharpen your knife. Well, those blades in your bottom of your blender are little knives, and they need sharpening too. But right. you don't sharpen them, you replace them. And if you turn the machine off in an older blender and shake it a bit, just pick up the canister, hold the lid on tight with your hand, and shake the canister a little bit, you'll rearrange the ingredients inside, and you can get them moving better again. You might have to do that operation once or twice but just if, to get a smooth drink. Yeah, and if you're planning on a summer of frozen drinks and you're doing that with your blender the first time, go to Target, buy yourself a new blender. <laughs> Right, so uh, I suppose we should make a frozen Aperol spritz. Since this is the first cocktail in our frozen Fridays, I think I got off really easy as the bartender. This is a simple drink. It's just a cup of lemon sorbet and three quarters of a cup or six ounces of Prosecco. Now, earlier in the podcast, I did say that an Aperol spritz was Aperol sparkling wine and sparkling water. I didn't say anything about lemon sorbet but we're making a frozen version of this drink and so what we did is word up the wine and we word up the wine and the uh sorbet and then we're going to deal with the aperol Right. So we should say one thing about the sparkling wine. This drink has Prosecco in it today, but you could use Cava or you could use an American sparkling wine. So what is all that? What is Prosecco? Well, Prosecco is basically your Italian version of champagne. Yeah. Wait. Stop. Do not use vintage (laughs) champagne in this drink. Do not use vintage champagne over lemon sorbet in this drink. Unless, like, you are Mr. Got Rocks, you don't care, (laughs) hedge fund here, I'll pour my 1988 vintage champagne. You could even use New Mexican Gruet, or Gruet, (laughs) which is the $5 sparkling wine for New Mexico in this, because quite frankly, with all the sugar and the lemon sorbet and the Aperol, You just want the bottom note flavors of the wine. It's actually not going to give you the nuances you expect in a good sparkling wine. So Prosecco is Italian sparkling wine and Cava is Spanish sparkling wine. And really, honestly, any of those will work. And you just don't want to use an expense. Use use one you you might drink on a hot summer day as like a quick quaff. But, you know, you don't want to pull out the good stuff for this. So now Mark has word that up and it's really smooth and beautiful. So I am going to pour a half ounce or one tablespoon of Aperol into each of two champagne flutes. You'll see the picture of these on our website, bruceandmark.com. They are these beautiful little thin, tall Italian flutes that our lovely agent Susan sent us last year as a gift. (laughs) Thank you, Susan. We love these. You you probably shouldn't just tell everything you know. Um, (laughs) And and then you're just going to, I'm going to pour the frozen drink right on top of the Aperol. And when you do this, it's really beautiful. It has a kind of golden red color. The Aperol, if you pour it in just right, kind of shoots up the side of the 
flute. It makes it a beautiful drink. Now, I should warn you that there's a little bit of separation at the bottom. Of yes, this there's a little Aperol at the bottom that never gets mixed in. And as the drink melts, you're going to have that Aperol dilute a little bit. But it's gorgeous. It's sort of like a tequila sunrise. So would you serve this with a swizzle stick? Yes, I would. But you have to have a really, really, really long swizzle stick yeah. to get to the bottom of a champagne well, flute. We're going to talk a lot more about separation later this summer and how to avoid separation in frozen drinks. But this drink, because it's just sorbet and Prosecco and then a little Aperol... You're really going to get separation. We're setting it up. We're yeah. putting the Aperol in separately. But before it separates too much, I want to taste this fabulous drink. Mmm. Mmm. Oh, it's good. Oh. Um, yeah. This is like one of those alcoholic mm. high C drinks that you mm. could, of course, suck down. But the nice thing uh. is there's no distilled spirits in here. There's no vodka. There's no rum That's or tequila. Nice. No, well, no, it's no. N- Vodka's nice. It's nice, nice because you could drink a lot of these without getting too potted. Oh, I could get potted on this pretty fast. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, it is a, it's a really nice, refreshing drink. Oddly, that Aperol gives it that slightly uh, aperitif-y, It is. So serve this with some feel. olives and some pistachios, maybe mm, even some... Salted almonds. Yeah, some. You can even have a little prosciutto or some Parmigiano-Reggiano ah, with this. that's a nice thing. And... Um, there is a problem, and it's called brain freeze. And you do get brain freeze from frozen drinks, but really, honestly, and we'll talk a lot about that later this summer. But really, honestly, this is not a brain freezy drink no. because it's not intensely icy. The sorbet was cold, but it's, this isn't as frozen up as some. No, because drinks. there's no ice in it. That's the right. nice thing about this drink is that there are no ice cubes in there right. to really it's, cause you have a problem. So. I don't know about mm. you, but I'm going to finish mm. mine, and then I think there's a whole blender I, left. I think I'm going to finish mine too. This recipe for frozen Aperol Spritz is from our book, The Boozy Blender. Just what you need for this summer. But to find this recipe, check it out on our website, bruceandmark.com. And check out this podcast every week. On Fridays, we cook through a recipe this summer, as we've said a billion times. It's all frozen drinks and frozen treats like ice cream. But every Tuesday, we'll still be taking apart the most prevalent culinary myths out there. And if you don't mind, rate us or subscribe. That's the only way other people are going to find out about us. So check it out. A frozen Aperol Spritz. It's the best drink when you want to pretend you're in Venice this summer on your own deck.